Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. As Bible declares that I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and with, in his courts with praise. And I want to thank God this morning for bringing us together again. And I believe the most high God, the divine king, the prince of peace, the beginning and the end will surely glorify his name. Amen. Shall we turn our Bibles to the book of John, please? Shall we please turn our Bibles to the book of John? And I'll be reading from John chapter 12, verse 20 to 31. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship in, in the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who lives their life will lose it. While anyone who, who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then the voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it, said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus replied, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Shall we pray? Father, in your name, we are committing this hour, this moment, this time into your hands. We know that you are with us, but we are acknowledging your presence. We are inviting you again, the Holy Ghost, power to take full control over this atmosphere and do the work. We are just a vessel that you are using to bring forth your work 
to the souls that need it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when we read the earlier chapters of John, like John chapter, around John chapter 11, that tells us about the death and the way Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Based on that miracle that Jesus performed, many who were around then, the Jews and others, were very much attracted to Jesus and came to realization that there is a power that resides in him that they were not aware of. So based on that, they started following him. Some of these Jews started following him to know more about this man. And they followed him up to the feast, to Jerusalem. And as this morning our title or our team denotes, personal encounter with Jesus. And we are tying or relating this piece to the Greeks. And before we can clearly understand what Jesus is trying to tell us this morning, we need to understand who exactly these Greeks are in that context or in that passage. According to some researchers, they came up that these Greeks are God-fearing Gentile. Some of them also came up that these Greeks, they were just Jews that were scattered abroad, or the diaspora Jews. And as these people have heard or have seen the miracle that Christ has performed, many, but tying it up to the resurrection of Lazarus, it has come to a point that many of these people started following him to know more about him. Other sources state that they were proselytes from the Greek. And this proselytes is, it simply means a person who is converted from one religion to another. Meaning that this proselyte, somebody used to be in a different religion, but all of a sudden, he wanted to change his faith and follow another religion. Those are the proselytes in this context. So these Greeks that they are talking about there isn't any specific or someone can tell you that these Greeks are this specific group of people. 
different commentaries, they have their different meaning or of these Greeks. But in this hour, I would like us to tie these Greeks to the Gentile so that we will understand this message clearly, what God or the Spirit of God wanted us to understand through this message. And one of my, the questions that I will pose is that what is the meaning of their presence in that passage? And a, a little research simply disclosed or tells that their presence in that passage talks about future Christianity. The future Christianity. The way Christ wanted we Christians to behave or to be like when he is gone. These eager Greeks, they came to Philip and asked them just a question. That said, we would like to see Jesus. That was the question these Greeks asked. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. To me, that implies that they really want to know more about Jesus. And if someone comes to you, that I would like to see Jesus. And as a believer, what will you do? And at this point in time, Jesus was in the flesh, just like you and me. So they knew carefully that they can see Jesus face to face and have personal encounter with Jesus. But John did not report that these Greeks, they personally what? Met Jesus based on their request. And as they came to Philip, and asked Philip that we would like to see Jesus. My question is, why Philip did not simply just take them to see what? Jesus. But Bible also says something in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 10 verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instruction. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samarians. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. 
raise the dead, clean those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Freely you have received. Freely give. You know, the passage over there, Jesus instructed this, his disciples, the apostles, when he sent them out not to go into the house of what? Of the Gentiles. So, maybe due to that, Philip did not want to take this decision simply on his own, bringing these Greeks directly to Jesus. And as a result, he went to Andrew, his teammates, and told Andrew that these Greeks, they wanted to see Jesus. And in collaboration of Philip and Andrew, they went to Jesus to tell Jesus that there were some Greeks who wanted to what? See you. That is eagerness for these Greeks. They really want to see what? Jesus. And believers as followers of Christ, the desire of our soul should be to see Jesus one day. That should be the core desire of our soul. Either than that, this journey we, you and me are traveling on is a vain word, journey. That is eternal glory. We are talking about eternal glory. Being with Christ forever and ever. Eternal glory. That should be the desire, the babbling of our soul. And as that desire comes, sometimes I am such a person who try to observe. I critically observe. And I try to ask God within my spirit that why should this be so? Give me the interpretation of it. Because we are supposed to talk to him. He is our God. The Holy Spirit resides in us. We have power. He has given us that power. Just as we've read from the book of Matthew, that when he sent them out, he asked them to drive the demons. He asked them to heal the sick because he has already given them the power. They know they can, but the fact is, if a dead person is lying in front of you and you say that you can heal or you can raise that dead person and you did not lay hands on that dead person, how will you know that you have that power to raise that dead person. And raising of Lazarus from the dead, that implies that the God that you and me are serving, 
He has power over death. Jesus has power, great power over death. Praise the Lord. I believe the Lord is talking to us at this moment. The power resides in us. We need to put it into practice. We need to exercise it. Because the time frame is just so short. Just yesterday, we Americans, we have lost a great, one of the great persons, Senator McCain. We have lost a great, one of the greatest, the great person. He's one of the people that I like listening to. Because I think he has a wisdom. He has that experience to mentor. The time frame, it is just so short. So if you want to do something for the Lord, if you want to bring a soul into the house of the Lord, this is the time. If you look around and you can bear me out, it is evident that you and me has a lot of work to do. If we don't have a lot of work to do, we will not be seeing empty chairs in our church every Sunday. We have a lot of work to do. It is evident. Praise the Lord. I believe I am talking to somebody. Pastor alone cannot do this work for us. Bringing souls into the house every Sunday, that is the key reason why you and I have been called to serve. We are here to serve. We are here to reach out and tell the world that we are serving a living God. Come and see the type of God I am serving. Not until we tell them, they won't what? Come. They first approached Philip, the Greeks. Philip was moved in his spirits. And as a result of that, he knew that he can't do it by himself. So he also approached what? Andrew. And both of them in collaboration, they have gathered that courage. Even though Jesus told them, in the prior instruction that do not go into the house of what? Of the Gentiles. But they have gathered that courage and they went to Jesus that there were some Greeks who wanted what? To see you. Now let us see the response of Jesus in this context. When they approached Jesus, instead of Jesus telling them that bring these Greeks to me, where are the Greeks? I would like to see them. Jesus rather started telling them about what? About his death. How will you feel that somebody wanted to see you, Jesus? And all of a sudden, he started telling them about his death. How will you feel? And what do you think they feel? And that is a key reason, that is one of the major points I would like us to understand. That what is the purpose of Jesus, or the reason why Jesus 
instead of telling them that, bring these souls to me, he was rather telling them about his death. That is a key reason that if you have, we haven't gone home with anything today, only that point should reside in our spirit. One of the reasons, based on scripture, that the Holy Spirit is trying or wanted us to understand that Jesus came in with telling them about his death simply to let them know that if he is still alive with them, the gospel will not spread abroad. If he is just dead, Jesus, the gospel won't spread abroad. Not until he is dead. The gospel will not spread abroad. And these Greeks that came to Jesus signifies the first fruits, the first fruit of the Gentiles. And the Greeks, Philip and Andrew, in that passage, signifies the first fruits of the Jews. And what I would like us to understand is that the death of Jesus Christ is just to break that petition, that partition, to break That's roadblock between the Gentiles and the Greeks so that they can all come together and worship. So that they can all blend together and worship. Breaking off and merging the whole Christian body together. Life comes through death. And the word of God declares it. And by, uh, Jesus uses a kernel of seed in your hand. If you have that kernel of seed, not until you put that kernel of seed in the ground and it dies, it will not produce any more seed. And I believe that is so evident. Those of us who has been a farmer or who farmed before, if you have a grain of corn and you put that grain of corn in the ground, it yields many. It comes with a whole lot. But not until that grain, that single seed is dead, it will never produce much. Not until Jesus is, is dead. The whole world will just, it will just be static. Stagnant. But because of his death, 
That is why you and me, today we come together in worship. That is why today you will see those Gentiles, foreigners, blending together, just serving God, singing praise, because he has gone. Because he has gone to the Father. Not only to the Father interceding for us. Not only interceding, releasing his blessings, his Holy Spirit on us. So the meaning of that death is the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. Crucifixion, resurrection, and the ascension. Death. And the question is, are we also dying to learn more? Are we also dying? And if they are talking about that death, they are not talking about the physical death. They are talking about the spiritual death. And Apostle Paul says, Thou Christ lives in him. It is not he who longer liveth, but Christ what? Lives in him. Meaning that he's been controlled by Christ. He's been remodeled by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't live anymore. He doesn't know that he is the one living. All he wants to do is just to share the word of God. All he wants to do just to reach out because he is dead. Christ is living in him. Now let me see by hands. Those of us that Christ is living in us. Let me see you by hands. If Christ is really living in you, let me see you. I believe almost all of us is aware that Christ dwells in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. That is a simple truth. Because the moment you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, resigning from all what you have done, he comes and take over and take control over our life. He resides in us. And the question is, do we just want him to reside in us without asking him to give us that grace to produce more fruits? Do we just want him to live in us without saying that, Lord, now take over my life. There are lost souls over there that I can reach out for. There are people that I can talk to about Christ. That is our ultimate goal. Of being in the house of God. That is our. Ikmi purpose. 
on being called to serve. That is why on my plan, or this life, that life comes through death. Bible declares that if you want to live, then first you have to die. Life comes through exchange. That is what Bible says that if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you want to lose it for my sake, you will what? Save it. The question is, are we ready to die for Christ? Are we ready to do more for Christ? Are we ready to fill the empty chairs that we are seeing for Christ? You are not doing it for yourself, but you are doing it what? For Christ. Praise the Lord. Life comes through service. Life comes through service. Life comes through service. I know our time is fast spent. And I wouldn't like to hold you no longer. For the presence of the Holy Spirit has already spoken. And he has given us the message that he has for us today. He has given us the purpose of us coming into the house of God today. He has brought us this message. In John chapter 14 verse 12 says that, Very true I tell you, whoever believes in me will do a work I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than this. Because I am going to the Father. We believe in Christ already. We have that belief that he lives and dwells in us. He has given us his Holy Spirit. Because it, it was a, a, a promise that I will not leave you as an orphan. He told us before he left. I will send you my Holy Spirit. And he did send him. So we have his Holy Spirit. And if we want to do it on our own, we can't do it. That is the reason, the key reason, that we have to employ the Holy Spirit. That Lord take control. Which direction should I go? Talk to him. Let's talk to him. Through praise. Let's ask him for the direction. Let's get on our knees and ask that Lord, show me what to do. Lord, show me what to do. In Romans chapter 6 verse 9, he said that, For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Christ can't die again. Death doesn't have no mastery over him. He was crucified on the cross. And the third day, he resurrected. 
He's a risen Lord. That is why we call him a risen Lord. He's the Prince of Peace. And that is the kind of God you and me are serving. Let's place our faith, our trust in him. Bible declares that curse is he who places his trust in man. You can't place your trust in a man. Place your trust in God. And at this moment, I want to thank the Holy Spirit for the great thing that he continues to do for us every day. And as I said, in my message, the time is just so short. If you want to do something, this is the hour. This is the minute. Redeeming the time. Let's do it now. In our prior visit to Ghana recently, we've been supporting a ministry down there in Ghana, and Victoria and I visited that ministry. I preached there. When I see or I saw the souls, I know that there are a whole lot of work to be done. And no one will do it except you step forward and say that, Lord, I want to be part of this work that needs to be done. Not only that, even in our neighborhood, this very community, if you cut it, There are people right now lying on their beds. There are people right now, even somebody maybe is even planning to commit a suicide. But because you have approached that person who saved that person's life, we have a whole lot of work to do. Shall we pray? Father, we just want to thank you at this moment for this message. For the great work that you have done for us. There is none and absolutely none like you. We know that we have a whole lot to do for you. We thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.